the Arts Explanatory Comma Podcast, where art meets the real world, and both sides get a better understanding of the whole picture. This podcast may contain strong language, and listener discretion is advised. We are live now. Not live, but we're recording. Whatever. Anyway, um, so welcome to another episode of Arts Explanatory Comma with Raquel Simone, Mark Francis, and Vernique Francis. And we have a wonderful special guest today. Um, our guest today is a Nigerian-American artist uh, who lives in Austin, Texas, a very interesting place. Wonderful, but interesting, of course. Uh, her work draws from her um, interest in fashion illustration, fashion photography, and just fashion in general. Yes. Um, and is informed by those compositional techniques that are used therein. Um, she uses oil, acrylic, pencil, all different types of things in her paintings. Um, and She's experimenting with wearable art as well. Um, and something I find interesting is the idea of self-reflexivity, uh, which we'll definitely talk about. But our artist that we are talking to today is Don Okoro. Welcome, Don. How are you today? I'm great. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. So we're just going to jump right in. What is your earliest memory of art? When did it? first really impact you? My earliest memory, like my earliest memory of art just in general? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Let me think about that. My, for me, my earliest memory of art is just learning, learning to create as a, as a small child. Um, I just remember uh, my mom, my my mom and my uncle like showing me like as a little kid. My mom and uncle just showing me like how to draw like you know something that, like a draw a person that's like almost like a stick figure, and um, so I started doing it on my own. And I I noticed I just really really enjoyed doing it. Yeah. And and um, you know when I would do, when I would draw things at school, like you know people would say, hey, you're you're, you're good you're good at that and. So I just, um, you know, continued doing it. And I started off with drawing. And, um, yeah, that, that used to be something that I really loved as a little kid. Okay. So I have a very interesting question that's going to be a little bit off, but I think you'll understand it. How do your Nigerian parents feel about you being an artist? Good question. <laughs> well, good question. It's, it's, it, that's actually very complicated um, because even though I'm... Nigerian American. I didn't grow up um, in a Nigerian household. Um, my my mother is Black American, and then my dad is Nigerian. Um, but my parents split when I when I was young, okay. and so I grew up with my mom and my stepdad. So I grew up uh, fully immersed in American culture, but still, <laughs> um, they they're not they weren't the most excited about you know me wanting to choose to be an artist. They would rather. I'd be a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, of course, you understand why I asked that question. Some of our listeners may not understand, but I, I think growing up in Houston with a large Nigerian population, 
a lot of Nigerian friends that I had growing up, their parents were very opposed to anything in the liberal arts. Uh, so, you know, it's it's always interesting to find out what people think and feel about the artistic endeavors and pursuits. Um, but of course, that's not unique to Nigerian parents, for sure. Um, right? So when did you know that you were an artist or when did you start self-identifying as it as one? I knew I wanted to to be an artist um, from a from a young age, but um, like yeah, growing up, like I didn't know how like what that really meant, um, and not and not having family that really supported that because they did, they didn't understand yeah. either. They thought, oh well, that's a nice hobby or something. Um, so when I went went to college, I studied other things, um, yeah. but then you know once I graduated school, like I still just my heart was just in doing art, and so it just it just took. Um, it took it took a lot of it took a lot of time just to build up that confidence to just um, you know really just claim it and just um, and just identify as an artist and I think that that really started to happen um, probably towards the end of actually being in law school. Um, it was kind of at that point where it was like okay look I need I need to just do what it is I want to do and I need to claim it and start you know taking it seriously. So when did you actually start creating? Creating, like like beyond like childhood. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Like seriously, like creating your paintings or drawings and things like that. Um, I really. So I, so I got, got, got I went to did my undergrad, um, and then I spent you know some years in my early twenties just trying to figure out you know what to do with my life. I yeah. knew I wanted to do art, um, and I just didn't, I just didn't know how. Um, so it was probably about. Little, like oh, like maybe about twelve years ago that I that I that I took my first go at taking it seriously, yeah. and that that was really about a year before law school, where I, I was just like, let me just do do a bunch of paintings and just have an art show, and then I, and I did that here in Austin, and that you know that went you know pretty well, and I you know sold some of my work, um, but then after about a year or so, I was like, well, I still need to do, you know, something more with my life. And that's when I went to law school. And then I just kind of immersed myself in law school while still doing some art. Um, But then, yeah, once I graduated, I was like, you know, no, I need need to focus on art. So what was the catalyst, though, that made you kind of take your foray into creating seriously? Uh, I think just just trying my the catalyst, um, that pushed me into taking it seriously was really just trying to just find find some fulfillment. Um, I mm-hmm. just kept being drawn to art, and I just um, like there 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 have been times in my life that I've just put it away or put it away, like just trying to you know forget about it and just make it make that yeah. desire to yeah. create go away, <laughs> and it just it just would never go away. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it has its own gravitational pull for sure. Um, so. While in law school, though, how often would you create? Because I know the workload of a law student is brutal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how did you find that time? For me, what's, what I found interesting was that was during law school, like art was how was how I made extra money. And that, that's how I mm-hmm. that's that was all my extra money aside from like, you know, financial aid. Then yeah. It was art. Um, <laughs> And even like um, during my when was it? This this the summer after my second year, I did an internship with a law firm here in Austin. And then when when they found out when they found out that um, I'm an artist, and 
they started saying, hey, could you do a portrait of, of like my, like the partners, like, hey, can you do yeah. a portrait of my daughter? Can you do a portrait of my, you know, of, you know, this person? So I made extra money like during my internship just doing art. And so I found that interesting. But, that is interesting. But yeah, throughout arts, I mean, throughout law school, I felt like um, art was kind of like a, kind of a, re a release because I found art school to be not I keep saying art school but law school I found law school to be, <laughs> be so uh, so stressful so yeah. um, it was nice to come home and like do art you know on the weekends well this is kind of a curious art geek question did you use the same contrasty style to paint the portraits of the attorneys um, yeah, I did. Really? Um, yeah, I was like, I was. They they wanted me to paint it in my style, so I you know, nice. was able to do it in like you know fun, fun colors, and they you know they seemed to like it. So. Yeah. Very, your work is very colorful and vibrant, which I think the contrast, and this is just kind of like the fan in me looking at your work, like the contrast between the dark colors and the tonality and skins, and then the bright colors of your backgrounds and things like that. And I know you do have some work that's closer to monochromatic, but like I think if I had to pick a signature from looking at your work, it would definitely be that contrast. So how would you describe your artwork to to our listeners? I I paint mostly my, I do figurative figurative work and most I paint mostly women um, in like bright saturated colors. Um, I like to include shadow on the skin like like deep shadows um and then lately lately i've been uh, scratching out uh, some of the pe people in my work uh, sometimes mm -hmm. uh, using um, copper leaf yeah mm -hmm. the copper leaf is a very interesting touch i think it's i think it's very nice um it adds a a surprising layer i think um and for I, i'm gonna give everyone that's listening a nice vocab uh, art vocabulary word Chiascuro. It's a French word for contrast, which is very, I think that would, in the very art world way, describe the contrast that you use. Um, is that influenced, is that particular aspect of your work, is that influenced by um, the Renaissance artists that would use things like that? Yeah, yeah, I would say, I would say I, looking at some of those, um, some of those paintings, um, I, I did enjoy the way that some of them, yeah, just had this deep cut, you know, with the shadow, mm -hmm. and it's just kind of dramatic. So, so I, I, I do like that, and I try, I try to include that in a lot of my work. Okay, so let me ask you this because you mentioned that you did the internship here in Austin while in law school. Is that what made you choose the city? Choose the city to to, to live. No, um, I had already been living in Austin. Prior to that, and that's where my boyfriend, now husband, was living at the time. So it just it was just um, convenient to just come back to Austin during the summer. Okay, what what's your experience been living here as a black woman? Hmm. Let me let me my experience. There I guess for context, because not all of our yes. uh, listeners are from Texas. Absolutely, the black community in Austin is really small. Yeah, um, and so. And also, it's it's not just that; it's a cultural thing as well. Because I think I would I would describe Austin as the Portland of Texas. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how would you describe it, Don? What's what kind of what give our listeners what's your opinion of what Austin is, and then your experience of how you've experienced Austin since living here? Yeah, um, I would. 
I think, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with what, um, how, how y'all were describing it. Um, it's like living in Houston, I feel like, I felt like just comparing Austin to Houston, I felt like there was, I felt like I had more rich cultural experience mm-hmm. or there more rich cultural experiences offered in Houston, at least from my experience in Austin, we're growing fast, but Mm, you know, it, it's there, yeah. There aren't many of us yeah. uh, black people, and not many of us black artists, especially. <laughs> um, right. But I just, it just been easy for me to live here because I've just been here so long, um, and so I just kind of have have roots here. But um, but yeah, it's it's um, it can be quite a cultural shock if you're used to a city that's just more colorful. Yeah. <laughs> I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Does that have any impact on your work or your influences or inspirations? You stole my question. That's what I wanted to know. <laughs> uh, let me think. Let me think about that. It, I, I think it. I think that does have an impact on my work. Um, with my one of my recent shows um, at the George Washington Carver Museum, um, that was called Punk Noir. I painted people, uh, men and women, um, that. Um, that I've just been surrounded by in the past couple of years uh, here in Austin, and they all happen to be creatives. Um, but I just felt it was important to to just feature um, feature some of these feature some of these black people that um, that have been inspiring me. So that may that may have you know I, there may have had to do with um, just you know some of my experiences just living here in Austin in general. Did you feel like you had to basically cultivate your own creative circle to help help with your art and to build um, your community? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's still a, a constant a constant thing because when I um, going back a little when I first started trying to pursue art seriously um, years ago, I felt it felt very isolated as an artist um, yeah. and that made it difficult to figure out like how do you get into a gallery how, you know, how do I what do I do and who do I talk to like I just felt isolated I don't know that I don't know exactly what was fully the, the cause of that I don't know if it was me or what but but when I moved to Houston for law school like I just felt really embraced by the the, the Houston art community and it was, it was just like instantly as opposed to here even though I had lived here for years that, that was difficult so it's really only just now in the past couple of years that I've been able to to begin to cultivate a, a community that I can be a part of. How did you do that? So yeah. I guess the reason why I'm asking is because some of our listeners, some of them are going to be folks kind of like Raquel yeah. who want to continue, you know, get into art and collect art and be art collectors. There are also going to be folks who are listening who are artists, younger you know, artists. younger artists wanting to know, I feel the same way like she did. Yeah. <laughs> what did she do? I don't necessarily live in a city that, you know, has um, an artist community. And if I don't, what yeah. are some of the kind of tips and tricks to make sure that you know, if I'm not doing work right now, that I can be around folks that are going to help me be creative and push that out, push my work out there. Mm-hmm. Um, let me let me think about that. Um, really, and, I, and I'm just talking through the the steps of um, of milestones that that happened with me for, in the past couple of years. Because you know, I, like after law school, I, as I mentioned before, I really was like, okay, I'm just going to be an artist. Um, and so I just immediately after law school, I just moved to New York and 
started showing my stuff there and you know living there. Yeah. But of course, that that was during the time like right in the height of that economic recession yeah. and so when we graduated law school they didn't yeah. warn us yeah. it was rough yeah because I was like okay well I just graduated law school um, I don't want to practice but let me just go here I can do um, like uh, con- like contract um, review like contract <laughs> review work you know there's but then at the time it was like there were established established lawyers that were getting those contract review jobs because like the economy was just so bad and yeah. so it was tough and so I lived there for about a year and then ended up back here um, in Texas. Um, and that when I when I came back to Texas, I was just really discouraged and and I just I just gave up doing art completely. Um, so I gave up doing art for like five years, <laughs> and then it was just a couple years ago that I just decided that I just had to get back into it because yeah. I just wasn't happy. Um, and then and they were just really just starting from the ground up, um, and so, meeting meeting people really like social media really helped a lot yeah. with that. Um, I just started slowly like finishing up some paintings that I started a long time before, and like started you know just posting more on social media. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, and then someone um, someone I guess a, a mutual friend introduced me to someone who was put, putting together a show in East Austin <clears throat> and I just I was like okay well this is a great time I'm just getting back into it let me take part in the show and it was a Juneteenth show and I, I did that um, so there are black people here that do Juneteenth <laughs> celebration <Yeah. laughs> tell the folks about mm-hmm. East Austin Don <laughs> <laughs> yeah East Austin that's where the black people were pushed to from from a part a part of West Austin um, decades ago and so yeah. that, that's the black part of town now um, and so there are a lot of um, historical sites um, in East or black historical sites in East Austin and so um, I was part of this art show um, that was in, in one of those um, in, in this house that was um, owned by I think one of the first free slaves in Travis County oh, wow, wow. And so it's just this cool uh, house. Um, so I was part of the show, and, and I just met some other artists in, yeah. in that show. Um, and that led to doing another show that was um, connected to some of, the, some of the same people. And then I met even more people at this other show. So it's just kind of um, a combination between just, just being vulnerable and just like putting myself out there and then and just really um, sharing a lot on social media. Well, so like, so I guess it kind of had a ripple effect yeah, on your community was, from there. Yeah, part of it I think was yeah. timing because I mean, in the when I the first time around, I was I was using social media. I was on, I was on MySpace and I like, <laughs> <laughs> and then, MySpace was was awesome at the time because like I was able to meet so many connections um, through that 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 it, they ended up kind of helping me now. You know, still you know people that I still keep in contact with, but. For me, social media is like a, a major, major way for me to reach out to the world. Yeah. That's so walk us through your creative process. Like, how does it start? Is it, do you go look for inspiration? Do you have a ritual when you your come set vibe, what's the music you listen to? Stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, for me, I'm, I'm kind of in the process of starting on some fresh work now so for me that means reading reading some books um eventually 
doing some research, which to me research is you know more more reading, um, possibly just looking through some old old magazines, maybe looking through some new magazines. Um, I you know just get inspired by fashion, photography, mm-hmm. and fashion, and just pop culture, music, and um, then from there you know I decide well what you know what do I want to focus on. And then I paint people, so I need yeah. to decide. Well, who who am I going to paint? And then, then I take pictures of, of those people, and um, so you know we have a photo shoot. Um, and then I just look through the photos and just kind of get inspired by by the photos that I took and figure out um, what I want to do. So how do you, do you use acrylic, oil, what type of mediums or I, media? Excuse me. <laughs> Uh, when I first started doing art, I did uh, mostly drawing, and, and then I got into using acrylic paint, and then eventually into oil, which I I like using using oils, but they just take too long to dry. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so I've been uh, mostly using acrylics. Um, I like um, I like to be able to paint in layers, but without having to wait you know so long yeah. for each layer yeah. to dry. Are there, have you experimented with any other medias that you're like, yeah, I'm not a fan of that? Like, what made you hmm. zero in on painting? Let me think of what, what other media I experimented with. Yeah, it's been really mostly mostly painting and drawing. Um, I'm, I've always enjoyed um, fashion. And when I was a, was a student do, doing my undergrad, I minored in fashion design. And so I, lear- I learned how to sew... But it's been, it's been so long, and I want to get back into fashion. But but sewing like takes so much patience. That I don't know if um, I don't know how that's gonna go. But uh, <laughs> but um, but I think yeah, sewing is probably one that I tried. That it took me so it's so hard to get like the perfect garment, like everything perfect. Um, that that's that's probably been the most tricky thing for me to work with. What do you like? So I kind of want to go back to like the beginnings of your creative process and I I love music so I always like want to know like what do you listen to or do you listen to anything while you paint or do you just kind of you're alone with your thoughts and your subjects or how do you go about that um I I do listen to music while I paint and I mean and it's you know all the it's all over the place um lately um and, and as I've been pre- kind of preparing for what I'm going to paint next and while I work on my current work, I've been kind of wanting to get into like a like a psychedelic vibe. So mm. I've been listening to um, been listening to some some music from like the late 60s, early 70s. Um, okay. And so I've been listening to like like many like many Ripperton, mm. um, Earth, Wind and Fire and um, this um, band called the the. the, the, the they call it. I think it's the Rotary Connection, and um, yeah, just it's one to listen to something that's just kind of I don't know, very experimental. So you're gonna put together a Spotify playlist to send to the listeners as well. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I, I that am. would be awesome. Actually. I, I will. That yeah. would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> nice I've, uh, I've been planning to um, that punk noir show I mentioned. A lot of people that I painted are musicians, and I was inspired by you know different musicians. So I want to put together a, a playlist for that for sure. Yeah. And and yeah, that's that's definitely something I'd like to do more of. Do you let people in your studio when you're creating? Um, really, I mean there there haven't been many people that 
that have tried to come to the, come to the store. <laughs> just my, my husband, and yeah, he'll come in sometimes, but I'm usually just by myself. Okay. Does it bother you when anybody else is in there? No, it doesn't, okay. it doesn't bother me at all. Um, yeah, that's fine. Well, something that I think is, um, in some of our earlier episodes, we kind of talked about this, but I want to get your take on it. Like, how do you balance? Because you were telling us before we started recording, you were telling us about your full-time job and full-time artists. <laughs> how do you balance that? I don't. <laughs> That's always the response as well. <laughs> good answer, good answer, good answer. There is no, no balance, no balance whatsoever. <laughs> And I don't know, yeah, um, still haven't figured that out quite yet. Um, so either, I feel like I'm either, if I, if I do every, everything, or if I do most of what I need to do that week, then I feel like I'm just exhausted. But then if I feel rested, then I feel like I'm behind on everything. So, mm-hmm. yep. so ideally, what does that balance look like for you as, a, as an artist? For me, ideally, it would be, of course, it would help if I could get rid of the day job and just focus on the art, <laughs> you know, so that Amen. I'm not split in so many different directions. So I think ultimately that, that would help out the most. Um, I'm not there at the, at this time, but I, think, but I do think it's, it's possible, but it's going to take a lot, a lot of work on my part to get to that point. When you're creating, excuse my ignorance on this, but how do you know when it's complete? Like when do you step back and say, Okay, I'm I'm done with this piece. Um, before I make the before I make the painting, I already have a an idea of, of what I want uh, the work to look like. Yeah. So when it finally gets to the point of of what I want it to look like, then I know I'm done. But you know, sometimes um, there are some parts of it I don't have fully control of how it will look like the. Like maybe like the copper leaf markings, like those are just like gestural movements. But excuse me. Um, but I, I know when it's. I just. I guess for me, it's just like a gut feeling um, to know when it's ready. So this is a artist to artist question. Do you get hung up on technique? Because I see some of your works in progress, and like you didn't do a wash on your background. Like, <laughs> does that? Do you get hung up on that, or you just kind of like screw that? I don't need it. Uh, really, I, when it comes to technique, I just do, do whatever works for me. Yeah. So, so really, yeah, yeah I, like when you, you mentioned that, like, yeah. it's just like, yeah, that didn't even, <laughs> didn't even, you know, cross my mind. That's just, just not your process. Kinda, yeah, it's just kind of, yeah. I just do what I do, you know, and it's just based on like trial and error. Yeah, yeah. As an art ignorant person <laughs> okay so no uh, well my question was going to be are you i guess for lack of better terms self-taught i yeah my background is, is different from a, from a lot of artists in that i didn't go to art school so in undergrad i studied psychology and fashion design and then and then i went to law school um so i just learned by your know, reading um and just trial and error and then just having mentorship and just asking asking other artists questions yeah i think a a lot of times like the thing that i did learn in art school was to just try shit like (laughs) like to just try shit and i'm always enamored by self-taught artists because they didn't have to learn that like it's just kind of like all right cool i'm just gonna try this shit and then I, i always think of that as a freeing thing like so do you feel like like 
after you have conversations with other artists who have gone through this formal training or whatever, like, do you feel, do you recognize the freedom that you have in being self-taught or just kind of like not being hung up on, oh, it's supposed to be this, it's supposed to be that, and just kind of doing your own thing? That's that's another 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 complicated thing, and I think I'm maybe just getting to a good point um, with all that. But but before it was like, well, I want to be an artist, but but I didn't go to art school, so I was hung up on just the, just the yeah. fact that I didn't have um, an MFA, and so I just figured, well, the people that do have it, they just they just know how to do everything, you know. And then but then yeah, when you talk to people that that do have it, it's like okay, well. They're just, you know, just building, you know, bit by bit, yeah. you know, just like, just like me. But, but they all, they do have like, you know, like some tips and tricks that, that I didn't know. Like, oh, well, I could, you know, I could do that. Um, but yeah, as far as like recognizing that freedom, like, um, I mean, I, I haven't really, really noticed it, noticed it, noticed it um, that much. But it's just more about, um, for me, it's just been more about. Just having confidence to just continue to pursue it, you know, even yeah. without that MFA. Yeah, I think that's. I've realized, like, after school, like, I going to school wasn't an advantage over anybody, like, <laughs> you know, because it, it that's kind of the thought, right? Because I've heard that expressed before, like, oh, you go to art school, you learn how to do everything, and I'm just like, I'm shit at screen printing. Like, there's <laughs> there's a lot of things that I didn't learn, and that I feel like we're all kind of still figuring out just the same way. So you don't you don't feel like there's an advantage like a, with having like an art degree? The art, I still feel like there is. I feel like maybe in the art historian components of it, um, like my minor is in art history, right? So being forced to look at artists that I otherwise wouldn't give a damn about, right? Like learning words like kioskiro, like <laughs> things like that, like, maybe that's a bit of an advantage but I know for myself like I my concentration was photography Mm -hmm. but I've always drawn and now I'm getting more into painting so I'm learning just the same right so uh, I feel like the freedom in not having gone to art school for a lot of people is not being hung up on oh well my professor said do it this way right like there's not this box that you're trying to get out of it's just kind of like, well, I, I'm just gonna do what I want, like, you know. No one's official. Yeah. Your work. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody's made you second guess yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're second guessing yourself, that's you, right? So, and that's kind of a freedom. Like, I don't feel like this other person is second guessing me. It's just me, you know. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I, the way I feel, well, at least at this time, I feel, as far as the art school thing. I mean, to me, from from what I'm. I mean, from what I've seen, it looks like for people that did like, you know, get the MFA, it, to me, it seemed like at least give, it gives you an advantage like career wise to kind of already like put you in this, um, put you in this institutional system where you kind of have like more access. The yeah, access that. And okay. Yeah, like I could see that. This and that yeah. program or um, just to, just to, oh, just, I feel like it just kind of puts you like on the route to like, already like, puts you on a route to where you need to go to you know move forward in your art yeah. career whereas like someone like me it's just like I'm just sort of you know just like out I feel I feel like more just like kind of out dangling <laughs> you know yeah. like on, on my own without being yeah. 
um, already like you know moved into this institution. Yeah, I, I okay, so that makes sense because that's kind of the same thing I tell my students. Like it's much easier to walk into a gallery as an art student looking for a job than it is to just be a regular grown ass person. Like, right. hey, like, hey, can I get a gallery? <laughs> yeah. Like, can I put my work up? Yeah. Like, yeah. So okay, I yeah. So let's talk about that. Have you had experience with trying to sell your work to galleries, and what's been the feedback, or what's that experience been like? Yeah, with the gallery thing, it's. When I was first starting, like years ago, it was like, okay, how do you just, how do you, how do you get in, into a gallery? Like, I just want to get get into any gallery. Any gallery is great. And um, at, now it, it feels like, to to my surprise, um, I haven't I haven't had any gallery say, oh, you don't have an MFA, but you can't, you know, we can't sell your work. Like that has not happened. But at the same time, now. Um, that I'm able to show in some galleries. Now the tricky part is like, okay, well, it's the question is, okay, now now for the future, it's like you have to be selective on like which, which galleries you show yeah. in. Like now you have to be strategic on where you show your work. So now the hard part is just like if there's a place that I desire to show at, like now how do I get past those gatekeepers? Yeah. And so I I don't I don't know how you know I don't know how yet, but but so far I've I've, I've had. Um, some you know some curators be very welcoming. This makes me think of the conversation we had with Robea Bayin. It was our second episode where we were talking about the access to the gallery spaces and selling work. And because most of your art depicts Black women, do you think that that has some impact on how galleries view or value your work for their spaces? Maybe. Um, pretty much like. Any any curator or any any gallery um, person that's been interested in my work, um, they they're interested, you know, because of the the subject matter, um, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, of, of what I paint. So, but yeah, I think that just with with any artist, um, you just have to the work has to match up with whoever is looking for that kind of mm-hmm. work at that time. Okay, and that was that was what how our excuse me that's how our discussion progressed. Is that I? That's my desire is to be an art collector. So I look at your work and I was like, I would buy this in a second. I'd put this on my walls. But especially in the art gallery world, the the way it's framed is that most of their consumers are rich white men, and there has to be a cultural like there has to be something there to make them see your art and look at it the way they would look at the Mona Lisa, where they're like, oh, this is gorgeous. But that's why that's what led me to ask that question is, do you think that that can be in play, and that's that's a, that's another sort of interesting um, thing that you mentioned mentioned as well. Um, as far as like rich white men, um, my my collectors have been, been a range of mm-hmm. um, a range of people, um, you know, different races or whatever. Um, but I do find it interesting when when someone someone who is like white you know is interest, interested in like you know this subject matter like of this you know what, what i paint and so, so i'm yeah so I'm, I'm happy that you know they're um collect collecting it yeah. um but yeah i'm also curious as to i don't know how, how do they feel you know having this you know on their wall um every yeah. day but you know i'm happy that they have it there and so. that's actually interesting because as you've been sitting here talking about it and i'm, I'm thinking about like gallerists and collectors and things like that i'm like and I'm sure, like, 
someone might hear this question and <laughs> it might cause a bit of pause for them. But like my thought is how many of the non-black collectors of your work might be fetishizing the black bodies like and that <laughs> right like that's, do you ever think it's kind of a it's kind of a you know it's it's a thing that do you ever ask the yeah. why they want your work or wonder why they they pretty much always tell me they give they tell me a reason why you know i you know basically just that they it made them feel feel a certain way mm -hmm. um so I have wondered about um, whether anyone was um, fetishizing the work, um, but their their answers they they don't of course you know they you know they give an answer that they're not uh, but yeah that is something that I think about. Yeah. Do you consider your work political or like, yeah, political? I, yeah, it, it's I think it's just political. It seems like just being a black artist, like the work just just automatically becomes mm -hmm. political in nature. Yeah. Um, but I, I do, I do feel, um, just with my work, um, representing just, you know, being a Nigerian American, but also, you know, second generation Nigerian and also just American, you know, black American and, and having, you know, both, both sides and being, um, just a black woman and a, a, a black feminist. So I think that that's all you know, political. Yeah. I, I, I can understand. I mean, uh, when my my brother, my older brother Anthony, which you should probably connect with, he actually lives not far from here in San Antonio, oh, okay. um, and is a adjunct professor at Texas State. Um, okay. But I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but he he always mentions that like the the sheer act of living as a black person in this country is political, mm -hmm. right? So. <laughs> That's it, very on. <laughs> That's very on. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's true. It's true. Though. Like <laughs> you know, for for a very long time, like I mean, let's not even say for a very long time. Always in this country, existing as a black person and just being has been political, and it's it's very interesting. Um, but I want to take a second to kind of fawn over some of the things that I find like really really cool about your work. I think the Everything. way that you. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, your use of color is insane. Like, I'm looking at this one piece from Crown and Glory, um, Get Up, with this kind of, uh, it looks like it's a, is that copper? Copper uh, uh, metallic paint? That was, or, Yeah, that, that was yeah. actually was just, yeah, acrylic paint, like acrylic metallic gold yeah. paint. With, with these beautiful pink hues and these deep shadows, like, that combination of color is crazy like it's it's so vibrant but it's also quiet at the same time and I, I, again your your use of movement in uh get up in punk noir where um I, I i don't remember the name of the particular piece but it's the orange background with the woman who's kind of stretching but it almost looks like she's beginning to dance like the way that you capture and yes. use movement is insane even you know with some of the standing poses of some of your subjects, it's it's very interesting to see. Like you can see the attitude, you can see the the almost apprehension in being photographed, but you can also see the pleasure in being you know looked at in a favorable way. And I find that very very interesting. And yeah, good job. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. 
<laughs> no so problem. in our intro, Mark touched on self-reflexivity. Did, yes. I, did I get it right? It's an amazing could word. You, could you, t- I love first it. of all, could you tell me what it means? And then <laughs> what's your connection to the, the phrase is and how it influences your art? So, yeah, so self-reflexivity is like the, the circular relationship between cause and effect. So it's like, on, you know, on one hand, we're, we're shaped by, by our, our environment, but then we also have the, the ability to, to impact our environment. Mm-hmm. And so I was um, just thinking about just growing up, um, you know, flip, flipping through. I started, I started, one of my first memories of looking through magazines in general was like Ebony, Ebony Magazine. And they would have, each month they would have like a little fashion section, which is like, like two pages. And they would show like um, the work, the designs by, I guess, like all the black designers and they would be yeah. like the black, the black models. And then that, and I started learning like different fashion designers names. And that's when it really, when I started becoming interested in, in fashion, but just, um, just also just looking at being a being a girl, a, you know, a little girl, and just see, and just looking at how women are portrayed. And then, you know, I grew up during the height of the the MTV um, era, and um, you know, just growing up, like seeing how you know women, especially looking at you know rap videos, and just looking at how women, um, you know, just were pretty much always portrayed as just like props in the background, and mm. just thinking, <laughs> thinking about that, and so. Wow. I later just you know began just to explore um, explore that in my artwork. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I <laughs> that was an interesting characterization. Props in the background, like shit, and it like where's the lie? It no I, no that's the thing. That's the thing. Like there is no lie. It's just like damn. I like I understand like right the 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 sexist ideal of a woman being a man's property right but then the idea of women as props is just like like magnifies that shit like tenfold and as i'm thinking it back in my mind like looking at music videos i'm just like shit yeah yeah might as well be a lamp with breasts like like, (laughs) i mean like really the real christmas story yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's 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 a very interesting thing to think about and I appreciate I appreciate that very much. Okay. Yeah, that's I'm gonna go back into this corner and think about it. <laughs> yeah, because like some of my I mean y'all y'all are probably too young to remember this, but some of my earliest memories of like rap videos was like two live crew videos and I wasn't supposed to supposed to be, be even watching that. No one was supposed like, to watch <laughs> Yeah. Not even not even adults. Man. They weren't even supposed to be making that shit. Like <laughs> Yeah, so that was like yeah, one of the, like one of like the extreme, you know, versions of that. So it was like, oh, okay, like so is that a thing? Is that like a thing that it, you know that um I don't know that when I grow up, is that a thing that that I'm expected to, you know, to do, or that, you know, I don't know, like, or, like you know, like, that how like is put them on a glass of an instructional video, like yeah, like, like where, where does where does I am fit? too young for that, but I still say put your titties on the glass. It's like one of the few references I. Know I mean, of. it's you know, it that's that's a very interesting thing, but it also makes me think about the fact that. In the black community, a lot of times, what's causing this 
sexism, like, yes, there are a lot of grown men that are perpetuating it, but it makes me think of myself. And this is a moment of honesty and vulnerability. Like when you're a teenager learning about sex from other teenage boys, (laughs) <laughs> loads of misinformation <laughs> so like, that's many that's not how that works <laughs> so many right like so now in this day and time like as a 36 year old man like I'm trying to do my best to unlearn sex and learn life from women because that's a much better place to learn about that shit <laughs> than from my 17 or 18 year old homeboy <laughs> But yeah, it just it just kind of speaks to all of that. Yeah, props. Um, yeah, props. Shit. Like, <laughs> sorry, I'm still hung up just on that. Just props, just jiggling in the background. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. <laughs> so, props jiggling in the background. Don, you spoke about being vulnerable and showing, you know, being vulnerable, and that's kind of what took you out of your just comfort zone and allowed you to start meeting more artists and you know producing more work and how how did that feel explain like you're you know how did yeah. you feel showing your work for yeah. the first time showing showing my work for the first time um it, it felt it was interesting to get um f- feedback from from people that were walking in and and seeing the work uh, and it was mostly mostly good feedback but i've had some bad feedback every every now and then and, and that's okay but someone else you know say i i don't like it or I don't know if they know, know that the, that I'm there or not, yeah. or don't care who you know the artist is, or you know, the, or someone like a couple of years ago, like I was in this show, and then someone said, "Oh, but it's just legs or something like that." <laughs> but but it's, it's always it, it was interesting just to uh, hear people when they would come up to me and just tell me you know, how the work makes them feel. So that that's always uh, that's always interesting to me. That's actually interesting that the comment of it's just legs because I, I was looking at that series the other day. Um, well, I guess in uh, Arabesque and there's another one. It's uh, the the drawings, the monochromatic pieces where like it's kind of like a pair of legs, like a couple pairs of legs like dangling from the top right corner. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but the thing is like it's kind of a fill in the story right like those those choose your own ending Mm -hmm. books right where you can Mm -hmm. fill in this entire story based on that but i definitely understand how that could confuse some people (laughs) of course like "Eh, it's just like um do you care much about people's opinion of your work or i mean when i if i hear someone uh, say something bad about it, then yeah, yeah, I get butt hurt. <laughs> That's very honest. <laughs> Thank you for your candor. Yeah. I, get, <laughs> I get butt hurt, you know, for about for about an hour, and then, and then I'm good. Uh, but and 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 I know that I, I shouldn't be hurt by it because it's not it's not you know it's not uh, if someone doesn't like my work, that doesn't mean that I'm you know a bad person or it's something it's not a reflection but, of you yeah, yeah it's not a yeah. reflection of me as a person and and not every it's just not everyone is going to like my work but i do get butt hurt and i have to like you know kind of have to um you know mend my wounds for a, for a <laughs> while and then i'm okay <laughs> so do do you take any of that like do you kind of leave that uh where it is or does that influence your process at all or the way that you think about creating 
if, if someone just comes into a show and says, I don't like it, that does not influence my process. Yeah. But this past year, I've been a part of something called the, the Crit Group at the Contemporary Austin. Mm, yeah. And I was just, just about to ask about Crit Groups. And so, that, yeah. so that's a thing where people give, give their opinions about my work. And, and some of those things I did, I did take with me yeah. that, that, influ- that may influence my process. How do you get connected with that group? That was something that's literally just an open call and you just submit an application and I just and the application was like last year was due like, you know, this day by midnight. And I I literally like sent it like moments before it was due. <laughs> I was like, Well why not? Let me just get this together and send it in and I was just surprised that they um, accepted me to be to be a part of it and um it's that that's been um that's been a very very interesting process because yeah, as someone that yeah. hasn't gone to art school, um, it was the first time to really get um, critique in, in a formal setting. Yeah. What keeps you going in art? Because, uh, you know, there's the trope of the starving artist and all that other shit. But aside from that, even if you're making money, right, and you're able to support yourself strictly off your artwork, there's still this very interesting tug right? Is my work good enough? Am I making work that impacts people? And we all have to find a way to keep creating. How do you, how do you find that inspiration to keep creating? For me, it's like creating a piece that like the cycle is coming up, coming up with a a concept and then enjoying the enjoyment of watching that piece come to life. And then ultimately the piece ends up with with someone else and then they get to enjoy that work for, for however yeah. long. So for me, that's just f- fulfilling to create work um, that, that I enjoy and then for people to enjoy. What's been the best, I guess, best reaction that you've gotten from someone viewing your work that you've been able to witness yourself? I would say during uh, this last uh, show that I had at the at the Carver Museum in Austin, uh, I, people have told me they walked in and they just cried. And, and so I thought, I was happy about that. I was, I was trying to, that's what yeah. I, I mean, I, you don't have to cry, but I wanted <laughs> a strong emotional reaction. Yeah. I wanted yeah. people to, to walk in and just feel just overwhelmed um, yeah. with emotion. And I, and I feel like I was able to achieve that. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I would offer this piece that I did hear someone say in art school, and that is the goal of an artist is to make somebody feel some shit, (laughs) whether it's positive, whether it's negative. Mm -hmm. If somebody has a strong reaction, that's a good thing. Uh Because when we think about it, like if somebody hates you, they have to have a strong emotional connection to you, Mm -hmm. right? Like you don't just hate people just because it's Tuesday. I hate Mm -hmm. you, right? Like there has to be... (laughs) Not always, okay. Raquel. Okay. Not <laughs> always. Not it's always. Very no, easy no. for me to tap into. I'm like, eh, I hate you. I mean, but if you hate somebody, you still feel something for I them, right? Yeah. And when that name comes up, no, it's like, I, oh, I hate that motherfucker. <laughs> like, it's you still feel something. Yeah. You're not gonna forget. That doesn't them. make them good people or good. No, people. not at all. Not at all. But you're not gonna forget them. Yeah, that's right. True. Like a piece of art that you see in the museum, you're like, I hate that shit. You gonna remember? You gonna tell everybody? Hey, I hate that shit. Mm-hmm. The two times when people. Like I think about Yelp, right? Mm-hmm. The two times when people fill out their their uh, their reviews, their reviews are when they amazing. hate them or yeah. when it's amazing, yeah. right? Nobody's like, eh, cool. I'm gonna write this eh, review. Yeah. What's your review? <laughs> eh. Like <laughs> we don't do that, right? So that's why like you'll see fives, 
And ones. And ones. <laughs> you don't see a whole lot of two and a halves. Like, <laughs> or if they give a three star review, the comment doesn't match up with it. It was like, no. you seem like you liked it. Like, yeah. The food was amazing. The, the ambiance was great. Yeah, it's the old lady, man. But <laughs> Jack that delivered my food, he was an asshole. Yeah. Like, but the food was good. The yeah. ambiance was good. The price was good. Yeah. So You're mad at Jack, yeah. not the restaurant. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, that, Crying. That's that's a big one. That would that's a huge. big one. Yes. That's a big one. I'd give that person a I hug. get very awkward when people <laughs> cry, but I, 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 <laughs> I say this all the time. But that would be I could feel like that would be a dope experience to, as an artist to yeah. see someone cry from your work. So when, uh, actually, who are your influences? Like what artists are influencing you? Because as I look at your work, like I kinda catch glimpses of certain people. But like, I it's it seems to stand in its own place, like and and I really really dig that because I love figurative work. I'm a portraitist, whether it's photography, painting, drawing, whatever. Like that's what I love, and like to see what you're doing, it's just kind of like yo, that's it's 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 a beautiful contrast in the tones for your for your subjects and then the brightness of your backgrounds. Um, but it's like it reminds me of some things, but I can't really pinpoint it. So who who are the, your influences? Those people that inspire you visually? I would say um, some of my influences are. So, I, as I keep saying, I love love fashion and fashion photography. Yeah. So um, I'm influenced by some of the of my favorite fashion photographers whose work I would look at growing up, yeah. like. Um, Richard Avedon, like he yes. did a lot of um, the Versace um, ads, like in the seventies, eighties, uh -huh. um, and nineties, and um, Stephen Mizell did a lot of mm -hmm. the Calvin Klein ads. I liked um, from the nineties, and um, and then I learned about Andy Warhol, and I and I, I was influenced by him, just like maybe the, the bright colors, yeah. is maybe that kind of stuck in my head. The um, pop influence, yeah, looking yeah. at his art and um, the pop influence, and just the um, you know, painting other create other creatives that were around him, and then I learned about um, Barkley Hendricks, oh <laughs> who, um, who portrait is, god. Like <laughs> it was a, a portrait artist um, from Philadelphia and recently died. Um, but I love his work and just the way that he painted people of color and just mm -hmm. um, he, the way he showed the the complexities of people of color. And um, as far as like um, just being, as far as the emotional side, I'm really influenced by um, the Kenyan artist um, Wangeshi Mutu. Mm -hmm. um, just her work is just um, it pulls such an emotional response. So I would like to someday be able to do that with my work. I, I think you're there. Like, <laughs> like I, yeah, I, I, I said people cry, right? so yeah, yeah, yeah. Do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess my more do I want the nervous breakdown. But yeah, I like I like the way yeah I like the way that um, yeah. her work is just so so earthy. Yeah, well, I think like in the same way that like Barkley Hendrix found a way to make everyday man and woman like almost look like celebrities, right? In his painting, like you see his paintings, you're like, yo, who's that? Like, <laughs> I think your work does the same, and it's beautiful because. It's not, you know, 
a lot of times we see these like thinking about being in the age of social media right we see a lot of very polished and model-esque for lack of a better term uh indefinitely in fucking quotes uh, <laughs> images of black women if we see images of black women at all right and we see the angela bassett who looks 25 at 112 right and (laughs) (laughs) i mean she's not she's not crazy old but you know it's that's like hey everyone should you know aspire to be this Mm -hmm. but in your paintings these are real women that are simply being real women Mm -hmm. in a way that I'm sure everyone is able to look at one of your paintings and say, hey, I don't know her, but I know her. Yeah, it's like, there's a familiar, familiarity. <laughs> I hate that word. But like, when I look at them, I'm like, ah, it's relatable. And I know, yeah. I know that as a black woman, and as I was like, yeah. ah, that could be one of my cousins or someone up the street in my neighborhood. And I think that's one of the things that draws me to your yeah. work is that it feels like home. Like, familiar. It feels familiar, but not in like, oh, I've seen this style. It's the subjects feel relatable. So Yeah, I've had people uh, come up, I've had especially like some black women say, they'll see a painting I did or a drawing and say, that's me. And so I I, I like that. That's dope. Yeah. I mean, it's, and then the variety. Yeah. Right. The variety of black women that you're painting, which goes to, or makes me think back to a thing that my brother and I talk about which is the universality of of black bodies and black figures right like painting or creating so many images of so many different types of black people that it becomes universal in the same way that whiteness is right like everyone can see this image of a white person or this portrayal of a white person on television and be like oh that's just like my friend and your friend is this black person from down the street, right? So why can't white people see the same thing in black people? And I think because you're covering so many different types of women in different types of elements and things like that, I think you are joining the pantheon of artists who are who are working in that in that same way, right? So I I really dig that, and I think that that's definitely something that people should take note of and they will because we'll be posting some of your work on our Instagram. Lots of yes. <laughs> what are you working on now, Dawn? I am I am finishing up a couple of paintings of, of a couple of um, black women who are also creatives and uh, what I'm doing right now, at least for the short term, is I'm making some more work that's in that's a spinoff from the the punk and war uh, paintings that I made and I just want to just do do more of those um and just diff- different sizes um just I, I think I just I still have some some more that I want to do um with with that concept and then in the meantime I'm also just um preparing to do something something else and I'm not sure what that is going to be or look like just yet so going back to kind of the punk noir because we've talked about that a few times what was the inspiration behind punk noir because that was your solo show and also to go with that like how do you decide on scale 
because those yeah. pieces are huge and amazing and yeah i i tell just tell us the background <laughs> about the show did you put yeah. it, did you put it on your, yourself did you have help what was the idea we we want to know it all yeah. <laughs> yeah so i the show came about really with um and and, and it all it all um it all came from me getting back into art a couple you know a couple years ago like i mentioned earlier just putting myself out there and just through through the first the first couple of shows that i did um in 2016 um i met a curator through through other artists so there's a curator in, in austin um Carrie Adams, he's a curator for the, the he's he's one of the curators for the George Washington Carver Museum. And um, when I did, was part of a show in 2016, I had more than one person, um, more than one artist say, hey, you need to talk to, you know, looking at my work, like, you need to talk to Carrie, you need to talk to Carrie. And so, um, and I think one of those artists told him about me, and, and I also just reached out to him, I just sent an email like hey I would, I would love to show I don't, I don't remember exactly what I said but basically just like you know hey my name is Don blah 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 um, you know I sent him you know link to my work and <clears throat> I sent him a video I did about, about my work and then um, you know he reached, reached back out and was interested and then and then a couple years later then the, the Punk and War show uh, well he invited me to do to do a solo show at the museum and he said, you know, you can do whatever you want, but my only request is, is to go big and scale. And then, you know, looking at the, the walls, like it's, you know, it's a lot, yeah. a lot of real estate to cover. And so I, I've always wanted to work in a large, uh, a large scale. And so this is my, my first shot to do it. And it was, I mean, it, it, it was, it was difficult because, because I, I can't. I couldn't afford to just buy canvases that big. Yeah. Um, and then the the museum is owned by the city, so the city um, provided um, you know provided some some of the materials and you know some you know yeah. some funding for part of it. But there was still a lot out of out of pocket. Just um, you know just yeah. resources. You know just paint brushes. Just going through brushes like Tic Tacs and <laughs> you know just um, yeah just so just stacks and stacks of buckets of, of that. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to go, um, wanted to go on a larger scale, and they they wanted that as well. Um, and so then I just decided to to do a show that was about my my experiences in Austin, like you know, like y'all were asking about earlier, and um, and really just my experiences as a black woman in general, um, even just you know, how I felt growing up in Lubbock, Texas. Um, and just feeling, just feeling different, and I think, and it's just, it's just me, and I think I've just always been quirky, and I don't know if it just was just part of me being creative. Yeah. Um, but growing up, I didn't listen to, to punk music, but I wish that I, I wish I was exposed to more of that. Mm -hmm. And so now, you know, now that I'm an adult, you know, I'm circling back, and, and my husband had, was into all of that, just even you know, as a as a kid, so. So I've just I've been thinking, okay, so I guess like wow, this is cool, just just um just being able to express yourself without caring about, you know, what society um thinks. And so I decided to call the show Punk Noir and paint other people that I felt had a, a punk spirit. And that and that's not necessarily being like a punk rocker or anything, but it's just more about um just uh, just more about just um that that's, that sense spirit. of yeah, rebellious yeah. spirit and just that sense that sense of freedom, and and, the, and those people were also a, a inspiring 
me. Um, so, and, and these people that I painted, I, if, I, think I, I think these are all people that I met in the, just in the past couple years, um, if I'm remembering correctly. And so I, some of them came to my studio and then others I went to them, you know, whichever was convenient. And then I just, you know, took pictures of them. Um, I didn't tell them what to wear, you just wear whatever you want. Took, took some pictures and, you know, just went from there. Um, and as far as the colors, it would, as far as what color the background would be, it was just, um, it just that those decisions just came from looking at the pictures and just kind of going with what felt right. And then as the show was drawing nearer, um, Carrie, the, the curator was, Carrie, the curator was um, working with me to decide, okay, what, you know, how will this space look? And I wanted it to be a space um, where people just felt, a space for anyone that has felt othered in, in any any kind of way. Mm. And it's, it is just a, a space for you. And, you know, and it's a, you know, it was a space for, you know, someone like me. And, um, and Carrie was saying, okay, well, maybe we could color, maybe we could paint the walls to, to match the actual paintings, and, and, and that worked out perfectly that because was a great call. Because <laughs> I used um, I used um, what do you call it? I used just you know like house house paint from Home Depot for the painting, so I was able to match up the colors to just paint that on the wall too. Yeah. For for most of them, there was one piece that um, where I used um, paint you know from a tube, so we weren't able to match that one, so we just painted the wall like a like a contrasting color. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at, at first I, I was nervous because I was thinking, well, maybe should the wall, would the colored walls be too much? Should it be white? Should it be white walls? No. Um, but yeah, after after I saw it, I was like, okay, this is you know this is perfect. <laughs> and yeah. so yeah, it just created a, a good, a great environment. Yeah, uh, the colored walls was such a great call, and you usually don't see that. And then you have a couple of what looks like a couple of Adinkra symbols painted behind some of them, which is also really really dope. Um, so, man, I'm sorry. I'm I'm gonna stop looking at your work while I'm, <laughs> while I'm talking to you because it's I get kind of wrapped up in that. Um, but so after you, well, did you find that people had a different uh, response when being in that space? Because to me, the energy of like white walls is different than the energy of like the color on the walls. Did you find there? there was a difference um, in people's reception or the energy that was in the room? Yeah, um, I, I think that, I think that having, having no white walls was really, really kind of helped create, really create more of a, really create an, an, an environment that was, that kind of felt more, more otherworldly than just simply yeah. simply feeling like I'm I'm in a gallery or I'm yeah. I'm in a museum. So that's that's what I really liked about that. Yeah, that's a really good call. Um, so when you're creating your work, do you have a mantra that you use, or you know something that kind of replays in your head as you're creating? Not, not really. Um, I just. Yeah, not really. I just I try to create just something that something that I that I want to see really. Yeah. Okay. So, what's the most important tool in your creative process? What would you say? The most important tool would be my my imagination, which 
as I, I don't know if it's just as I grow older and as I get, you know, bogged down with adult things, that, that part is, yeah. the, is like a very limited or a resource that, that's becoming more limited is definitely um, going to take exercise. Yeah. I love that answer. We've gotten some really good answers. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I, and I put that up there with the tops. I mean, that freedom, mm-hmm. ancestors, like yeah. <laughs> these are things that you need when creating, for sure. Um, are you collecting any work or? Um, I am. I'm. I'm slowly. You know, I'm dipping my toe into collecting work, and I, I definitely want to have. I want my house to be just covered with. With original artwork someday, so I'm slowly dipping my toe in it, and um, I'm really ex- excited about co- collecting more work. I'm not sure exactly, you know, what I'm gonna get next, but I've been starting by just getting work from artists that I know, just getting like, and of course it's like small works and you know things that I can afford, uh, yeah. and you know, I'm, oh, you know looking into some, looking into, exactly some <laughs> <laughs> looking into some trades, um, so so yeah. yeah, we'll see. Trades are great. For for all of you young artists there who have not started collecting work, and for myself, uh, trades are an amazing way to start an art collection uh, because of the simple fact that you're just trading your work for someone else's. Mm-hmm. Do that. <laughs> so is there a piece in your current collection that you're most proud of in your personal collection of your artwork? Piece that I am most proud of. My collection of artwork is so small. Like as you can see, um, I hardly have any work on my walls at all. Um, let me think. I guess right now there there is really isn't one that I'm, I'm most proud of, just because it's just the it's just so it's at such an infant stage right now. <laughs> so I haven't like my stuff isn't even like displayed properly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, hopefully maybe this time next year there'll be more. Okay. What's your favorite piece that you've created? Oh, that, that's always a, a tough question. <laughs> like your favorite child. Who's your favorite child? <laughs> yeah, that's... the one who ain't acting the ass right now. No. <laughs> um, I would say, oh, gosh, really, honestly, there really is no favorite. But one of my favorites that, that stands out to me right now is is um, it was also from that punk noir um, series, and it's called uh, Kidada, and she's a musician here in Austin, and it's um, an, an orange painting, uh, an orange portrait that I did. Of her and she had this like satin robe mm-hmm. on but yeah that's one of my favorites yo <laughs> that piece like it gives me like black exploitation but black exploitation <laughs> but black exploitation in a way that like she directed and starred in the film like <laughs> like she's the it, it's black like blockbuster yeah like <laughs> queen of my own domain yeah you could look at me drink this shit in i know you want it like it, it's really like it's, it's really like, powerful. yeah, it's it's amazing. I absolutely love that piece. I think this is like my third or fourth time saying that. Uh, <laughs> I actually showed, I was showing some of your work to one of my students and he was in awe of of the movement of that piece. Like it's, because it's very elegant. Like it's powerful and elegant. Um, and like one of those things that comes to mind with that is like almost like ballet. Right, like how it's so so strong, but still so delicate at the same time. Like, that's. I'm gonna stop talking. Go ahead. <laughs> I'd like to back up and <laughs> talk because you've been so forthcoming about your experience as an artist selling your work. How does what's that process? And I ask that for 
the artists who are listening and who are, I haven't sold my work yet. Like, do you, what do you take into consideration in pricing it? Um, how do you go about saying this is how much my, this is how I value my art? And that, that's something that, um, that I'm working on right now. I know some people do it, you know, by the square inch or whatever, but for me, the square inch thing doesn't work because it just doesn't work because the, the sizes vary so much, you know, so, you know, it might sound that, you know, for a large painting, but then if you do something small that, that also took a long time, it just, I don't know, it just doesn't work for me. So I'm still, still working on getting a consistent system for that, but Right now, it's pretty much it's pretty much on size, but not necessarily square inch. But it's more like okay, well, you know, like say the you know the large the large ones like you know the, for now like the um, like six foot by six foot is this certain price or these are this certain yeah. price, and also considering like what what kind of um, time and work and you know materials mm-hmm. um, went into it. So so far, it's just kind of like just set based on like you know the the. Yeah, you know, twenty four by thirty six is this price, or yeah, you know, maybe a little more if I did this and that to it. So, okay. but that seems to be working for right now. What um, what topics have been difficult for you to cover in your work? The the difficult topics for me have been, and you know this where it's coming up again, but just being vulnerable, like fully fully like fully vulnerable. Yeah. Um, you know, just sometimes it's like, well, do, you know, what, what am I going to do work about? And then, well, you know, maybe you could touch on this, but like, oh, that's just too personal. Like, <laughs> oh, like, you know, so that's, so it's just, um, yeah, just deciding, well, how much of myself am I going to share, you know, with, with, you know, the world? Do you think there are any topics just in art in general that shouldn't be discussed? Like, do you feel like art should have limits? No, our art should not have limits at all. <laughs> That's a uh, that's a very well, concise answer. Well, let me let me back let me back up. I mean, there's no there's no topic that shouldn't be discussed, but I guess only limits if it yeah if it's something that's just hurting somebody. Yeah, yeah. I mean we that's we we argue about this all the time. <laughs> Not really argue. We do discuss, we have a but passionate we, and spirited yeah. debate about this all the time. Oh, yeah, I mean, because I, I feel the same way. I feel like yeah, it's it's absolutely your prerogative to paint draw photograph whatever you want however however as soon as you put it out there whatever those consequences are that come from that shit you gotta deal with yep right and it's you know because the the interesting thing is like some things are some things are very very personal and innocent and delicate to us but like uh what's her name sally mann i believe uh photographer she photographed her daughters. Oh, I remember that. Right, like Ooh. topless when they were little, and yeah. it was like, "Yo, this is child porn." But at the same time, it's like, if you have company over, mm-hmm. and your kids are running around, are you going to be like, oh, "Cover yourself"? Like it's, it's, you know, especially if they're toddlers, yeah. five, six years old. Like, is that first of all, five and six is not a toddler? No, no, no. I'm saying <laughs> toddlers or even. <laughs> Even up to five and yeah. six years old, is that the response? Yeah. And this is kind of like, well. It depends on where you're at. Yeah. And, and, and who's there and culture. Yeah, like, yeah. And so. I will say, I, yeah, I mean, that's an issue. That's that's an issue with me. Like, um, I have a series of work called uh, Misogynoir Resistance, and, and that focuses on the whole, like, video girl thing. But, you know, I have a painting where it, 
where it's a woman, well, that's portraying a, a video model and like, yes, she you know, has on skimpy clothing and is like, just drop down and like in a twerking you know, position. And then, and then I scratch that or I um, scribble that out with some, part of that out with some paint. And yeah, I've even had, you know, a curator of a gallery say, well, th this is, this is too, I, I like it, but it's, this won't work for this gallery. This is too conceptual or this, this will not work for this gallery. And so they didn't, they didn't show that piece and, but I was able to sell it on my own. But yeah, like it, you know, if you, if I choose to paint certain, certain things, I have to realize that that some places don't want to show show it because it may not fit, you know, for their clientele, or they may be more conservative. Yeah. <laughs> Do you sell prints? Yes. Okay. How would somebody find your print to purchase? Um, my prints are on okorostudio.com. You have originals for sale there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the yeah originals yeah. on there. I need to update it too. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. What's one current trend in the art world that you're intrigued by currently? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily a current trend, like, you know, the use of kioskiro is not a new thing, right? Mm -hmm. But it's obviously affecting your work in some way. So, like, what are some of those trends that are resonating with you? Um, the, I guess some of the things that I've been interested in, don't fit what I've been doing really at all, but I'm not sure how I, you know, how I can incorporate that, but just really the, the whole like con conceptual work, like in general, you know, yeah. where it's just like, you know, here, here's some objects or, you know, something like that. But, but some of that's, you know, just been interesting. Like when I was um, in part of the, that crit group, uh, some of the, uh, some of the other artists that were part of it d do that kind of work. And so which is interesting just to, to hear their their thought process because you know it could be a thing a situation yeah. where it's like you know like you know here's this glass like you know that that's the that's the artwork you know yeah, <laughs> like you know yeah. like, like the glass on a podium and so just trying you know to understand understanding um, that but I guess yeah, so I think that like all of that is interesting to me like things that people wouldn't normally like even think of as art yeah okay um, who are three of your personal favorite visual artists. Well, Barkley Hendrix, um, and then you know, one guess she moved to who? Who else? Who, who else? Who would be the third person? Who would be the third person? That's that's a tough one. Like I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm running down the list, and it would have to be someone black. <laughs> running down the list. Hmm. I will say not to exclude, but like the fact that like you're thinking to yourself like they don't just have to be black. Like, <laughs> no. I love that. I love that because it's like that's, that's just what. Yeah. yeah. Just no, what no, no. That makes sense. Although, I mean, you know, I love you know the work of yeah. lots of artists, but that's just that's just important to me. Um, yeah. I don't know. I have to get get back. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my top two. <laughs> the, hey, that's fine. Uh, they're they're both amazing. I love Barkley Hendrix. My brother actually turned me on to him. Um, and are we? No. Do I get to ask that? Go ahead. That prolific question. Yeah. When you are in the art history books, many years from now, what do you want your legacy? How do you want that to be captured in our history books? That let me think. Of, yeah, that's that's a that's a. 
That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I, I don't, I'd want it to be positive, of course. Um, <laughs> on the little flashcard when you're studying for art history, everyone remembers. Yeah. You're like, okay, yeah. Don Okoro, I'm going to remember this. This is going to be what I what I write down in my notes so I pass the exam. <laughs> I love that. I, I, I have been, I've been, I'm also a, a journalist, and so I, I think um, I would like to be remembered as an artist that, that documented um, life for people, or documented life for people, or, or black people of, of my time. Listen, I appreciate you so much. I didn't know what to expect. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I know I saw the work. I love the work. Yes. Um, I knew you went to law school with Vernie because I remember her telling me distinctly. I think it was your second year of law school, 2008. And Vernique was like, hey, this girl at my school is like in law school and she's a fucking painter, too. <laughs> and she told me your name and I Googled you and I saw some stuff and I was like, yo, they, I, I didn't see those on the site. I might have overlooked them, but I think they were like kind of more muted colors, kind of uh, pastel-y pieces with uh large swaths of white in the negative space or something like that like those were really like they were really really delicate and not like they weren't as as strong and confident is is i think those are two words that i would use to describe your work but yeah i remember seeing that and you know there were still some very colorful things and i was like okay that's actually really cool like you're in law school that shit's hard <laughs> and you're painting that shit's cool how the hell are you doing both? <laughs> but yeah, to see that, you know, you've you've continued that, right? And also to know that, uh, like myself, you took a long break away from creating. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you're back to creating <laughs> for sure because the, the work is amazing. Um, but that does, it. that makes me feel better. <laughs> like, <laughs> which is an interesting thing because I think everyone that we've talked to, like, has made me feel better, which is a really therapeutic and cool thing. And I'm, I'm one of the goals for the show. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, for, for me, sure. like it wasn't even a, it wasn't even intended to be a break. Like that was me just flat out giving up. Like I was just like, yeah. like it's just like this is too hard. Yeah. Like I'm over here. Like what I want to be is over there. So let me just just settle like let me yeah. just get a regular a regular job like maybe i should have just gone through with being a lawyer and then just let me just live let me just live my life and get yeah. myself together financially and just focus on that and that's and that's yeah. what i did and i it just i was just in this hamster wheel and and, and yeah. i got comfortable you know mm -hmm. and then but at a certain point it was just like i just i can't just like bury you know being an artist like i i just it just it just i i need i just felt like I just needed to do it. Yeah. Like I just still just was not um, yeah. happy just trying to let that part go. And so, <laughs> so that's why I got back into it. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I've, I've been there. I think eight years. I stopped oh, wow. making art for eight years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it was giving up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I, you know, I, I applaud you <laughs> for that. Cause not only have you picked back up, but you've like, it grown yeah. and you're flourishing and you know please let us know of your next show like yeah. we, we where is your next show 
My next show. We're currently showing now, so make sure you yeah. post yeah. that. Yeah, there's that. I have a show at um, at a place called Six Square here in Austin, and it's a. Is, is that a solo show? That's a two person show. Okay. Um, and it's um, it's a sh- it's I'm it's at a location called called Six Square, and it's a place that um, tries to preserve um, historical um, black historical places here in Austin yeah. and I'm showing um, with another artist in Austin, um, Adrian, and um, that will be up um, until the end of January. Okay. Um, after that, I will be at the, in March, I'll be at the Young Young Collectors Art Fair. And then um, then after that, I have a, a solo, solo show coming up in Seattle. Um, is that me? <laughs> <laughs> not the strangest thing we've had in the background. In the background. <laughs> not at all. Um, yeah, and then, and then I have, um, you mentioned San Antonio, your yeah. brother being there. I have a solo show coming up there um, next next summer. And, um, at what gallery? It'll be at the, it's, it's actually at the, the George Washington Carver Cultural Center. In San Antonio? Yeah, in San Antonio. Oh, so this so, one in Austin and San Antonio? Yeah, well, that's, yeah. So they're, yeah, That's they cool. A, yeah, so I'll be there. So I'll be doing a, a, a version of Pump No More there. And okay. I uh, will also be painting some uh, San Antonio people. Nice. And then um, at the end of the year, um, I'll be showing at, um, in Nashville. Nice. Nice. Where can people find you online other than okorostudios.com? I am on Instagram um, and um, yeah, just you know, uh, Twitter and Facebook, but mostly um, Instagram. And is it Okoro Studio on all of those platforms? Um, it's it? it's um, just my name. It's just at Don Okoro on all the platforms. Okay. All right. Well, listen, I I I sincerely thank you. Like this well, is this has been awesome. This has been. Awesome. I, <laughs> it's our first road trip, and I'm like so. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoy your work. I enjoy you. You speak so so honestly and, yeah. and openly, and I appreciate that. Like that's that's all you can really hope for when you meet an artist whose work you see, and you're like, yo, that shit's dope. Yeah. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Like <laughs> you meet them, and they're awesome. Yeah. Like so so I appreciate you for that. Thank you. Yeah. So and thanks for having me. Yeah. Hey, it's our pleasure. It's absolutely our pleasure. Um, But on behalf of myself and myself, (laughs) the selves, uh, we appreciate you all for listening as we always do. And thank you. Peace. Be sure to like and subscribe, please.